Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. This morning, I, we have communion to take, and I'm not going to be too long. I trust. I say that a lot I know. But, you know, I was motivated to come back to this message that I preached to you a few years ago. And I simply titled that More Than a History Lesson. Just the other day, I was uh, going through uh, the Internet, and I was looking at some preachers speak, and I was some illustrations and things like that. And out of the blue, this one particular illustration popped out, and it, it ministered to me just a couple of days ago. Since it was communion, I thought I'd just share it with you. I hope I don't mess it up because I didn't write it down verbatim. But it, it meant so much to me that I don't think I have to write it down. It just inspired me. It made me actually weep for the moment because I thought about everything Christ has done in my life as a man, as a lost man before him. But the illustration or this testimony is an actual tel- a testimony from some shepherds from Australia. Uh, we are told, and he began speaking this way. He said, you know, I was driving down a road in Australia one day, and, and all of a sudden uh, there was a herd of, of sheep, of lambs on the road, so many. And, and they showed a picture of this uh, film of this herd of lambs. I mean, just hundreds of them. It was a cloud on the ground, and uh, the cars had to stop. Because they couldn't cross the highway from all the lamb and the sheep that were there. And so since it was just going to be slow moving and they weren't going to move anytime soon. They saw a shepherd walk by across the road who was leading them trying to cross everyone across to the other side. Every one of those lamb. And so out of curiosity, uh, the gentleman in the car, since they were stalled there and it didn't seem like that cloud of... Of little animals were going to cross. And so they were going to be there for a few minutes. So he got off. And the shepherd was there kind of coaching. And there were obviously other shepherds everywhere trying to move this big crowd. And he went up there and he said, listen, uh, I don't want to take your time. But I have a couple of questions since you're a shepherd. And this is all in Spanish. So I'm doing my best to translate this. He said, yes, go ahead. He said, tell me about the blood. And the lamb. Obviously, the questionnaire or the, the questioner is a Christian. But he's speaking to the shepherd. He said, Tell me about the lamb and the blood. Obviously, our faith is based on the lamb and the blood. Yes? So when I heard that, it intrigued me and I stopped and I said, I need to listen to this. And he said, Tell me about the lamb and the blood. How important is that? I mean, where does it fall together? How do you, how did they weave that into the lamb and the blood business? And the shepherd looks at him. He said, oh, my friend. He says, you know, we have thousands of lamb. And we have thousands of lamb being born every day. Hundreds of lamb are being born every day. Little kids, they call them kids. Little kids the, 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 the female is dropping their kids. And many times the little kids will die. It is just born still. And it doesn't live. And sometimes vice versa. 
the female dies giving birth to the little kid, to the little lamb. And so he's still listening. He says, and so obviously the mother that loses the baby has no baby to feed and she's filled with milk and no one to nurse. And on the other hand, you have the female that died giving birth and so therefore you have an orphan. This is how much it meant to me. You might think it's nothing, but it, it, it just impacted me like this. He said, then you have an orphan. And those orphans, unless they're fed, they will die. And the female that is alive, that lost her baby, will not adopt the little lamb. She wants hers. And so the little sheep will come to, to look for someone to nurse on, and they, they outcast them. So those babies will die. They'll starve unless they are fed. So then the shepherd, listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen. The shepherd will go find the female lamb that lost her baby and take the little baby and draw its blood. It'll cut its neck and it'll drain its blood. Then he'll go and find an orphan. And he'll take some hyssop or he'll take some straw and he'll dip it in the blood and he will paint the little lamb with the blood of the child of the woman or the female animal that lost her kid. And when that female smells the blood of its baby, it adopts it. And he lets the baby nurse on her and therefore the baby lives. This man turns around, he said, little do Christians know that had it not been for the blood, had it not been, how important is the blood of Jesus? Had it not been for the blood of the Lamb, you and I would have never been adopted. But because the blood of the Lamb is sprinkled over us, the Father smells the blood of His Son. He smells the blood of his son upon us and he has adopted us and he nurses us and he feeds us. And because of that, you and I are alive today. It moved me. What a tremendous illustration of true life. That has given us a shadow of how spiritual things really work. I thank God for the blood. I thank the Lord for the blood of his innocent lamb. I thank the Lord that he was willing to take the blood of his own son and sprinkle it on me. And because of that, he forgave my sins. He offered me salvation, made me born again, and promised me an inheritance to live with him forever in glory. Aren't you glad for salvation this morning? Aren't you really glad for salvation this morning? Sometimes we look at salvation so lightly. 
Whoever thinks of salvation anymore, even when you come to the church, you come, you sing a few songs, you hear a sermon or two, and go back and consider not the value of salvation. It's time to value the meaning of this so much more. I remember telling you about communion and I was growing up. Our mother used to take us to church and it'd be sometimes on communion Sundays. And even in my older age, my teenage years, I wasn't that engaged with what was happening with this meal and this bread. It meant little to me. I didn't understand it. And I'd look at everybody else participate in it. And it was just a normal thing to do every first of the month. But I thank God that after I grew up and I began to understand the things of the Lord. This whole covenant that we have with the Lord has grown to mean so much. Because this is the basis of our walk in Him. This celebration that we partake of this morning is what supports the whole idea of salvation in our lives. This is what holds the very platform that holds heaven for us. The spilling of the Lamb's blood. It's the foundation, it's the purpose for which you and I are conducting our business even in this house. We are celebrating salvation every time we take communion. This is the moment that we are reminded how the Lord set us free. How we would have died otherwise had we not been adopted by the loving heart of a father. But the only way he was going to adopt us was as he smelled the blood of his son. Every communion service, sometimes, you know, I've been here for, I've been preaching for the past, I don't know, 40 years or whatever. And I've preached many a communion service. And just 30 years along with you. It just sometimes run out what to say. How, how, how else can I present communion? You know, I, I, at the beginning of the years, I think I've told you this before. I'm sure I have. At the beginning of my tenure here with you, I remember for a long time, I never used to preach on Sunday mornings like this. I, I never, I never. We went to worship. And then I read out of 1 Corinthians, we prayed and we took communion and we spent our time at the altar. And the reason behind it was for no other reason. I, I've always had something to say, something to preach. And it was not about just making the, quick, the service quick or, or alleviating some of the responsibilities that, that come with it. But it's because I've always felt that communion, it somehow demands its own moment. That this moment, this service today shouldn't be like this coming Sunday should Jesus tarry. That this Sunday morning communion service should not be like last week's Sunday service. That this service, regardless of when you have a communion service, it should stand all alone because of what it represents. How close it takes us once again to the whole beginning of our whole existence in Christ. Some preachers, when they preach concerning this, they take you all the way back to the Passover in Egypt. When people were instructed to take the blood of the lamb and paint their door frames and windows. Because the angel of death would be passing by during the times of Pharaoh's grips over them. 
Others will take time and speak on the love of God and how he gave his life for us. And how it took an immeasurable amount of love for, to have Christ walk all the way to Calvary for you and I. And deposit his life there on the cross and give himself up for you and me. What immenseless measure of love. And other preachers will preach on the same subject and take you all the way to the crucifixion. And take you through the pangs of, of that awful and horrible death. They'll paint a picture for us to see how powerful and what kind of suffering Christ went through. To get to Calvary for you and me. I've titled this conversation uh, more than history because there's a lot of history in this meal. There's a lot of history in this meal. A lot of things, uh, things have happened in the midst of us get, taking this meal. But as I think of that very same title and what that history means, uh, I believe with all of my heart that God wants this to be more than just a history lesson. As many times we've had from the pulpits, we, again, like I said, they'll take you all the way from, from Egypt. They'll take you all the way to his love and take you all the way to Calvary and all these things. A lot of history being taught here. But I believe it's time for us to go beyond the history and get into this relationship with God and what it all truly means. We have been adopted. You and I had no right to this throne with our Father, had it not been for the life of Christ, had it not been for the sprinkling of His blood. Salvation. That's what I want you to think about this morning. Your salvation. I said this morning as we were singing, I said, you know, if Jesus makes His way into this building, there's only one reason. Because of you. As you partake of this meal this morning, as we get ready, there's only one reason this meal exists. And that's you. When you think of Calvary and why Jesus died on Calvary. We like to lean on the sins of the world. He died for the sins of the world. But let me tell you something even more important to him than that was you. It was because he saw me that he relented not to make it all the way to Calvary that I might be saved. That I might have an opportunity to be reconciled once again with the Father. This message and this meal, this commemoration of the day was never ever supposed to lose and fade in color. It's alive and effective today. It's still able to change the most vile hearts. It's also still able to transplant and give us a new heart. There's a lot of history in this communion. But though historical, it's still very present. Are you saved this morning? Have you given your life to Christ? Do we not realize today that the very reason that this whole meal exists is because the Lord wanted you saved. 
the Lord with all his desire, desires to give. The Bible says Jesus himself speaking, desires to give us the king, the keys to the kingdom. Salvation. This is not just a, a normal service, if you will, uh, to, to come to some and scratch our religious itch. But this is about a relationship. This is a place for lovers of God. And this is a place where God loves his people. Are you saved this morning? And if not, why not? Unless you are, this meal will mean absolutely nothing. Neither will it satisfy your thirst and neither will it satisfy your hunger. But if you are saved, it will mean everything to you. Because it is on this platform that we stand and see heaven. It is on this platform that you and I can kneel and reach heaven. It is on this meal that you and I can kneel to and find healing, restoration, peace, joy, comfort, direction, and even correction. It is on this meal. Every single one of us here, though we belong, we, we have a bed that comes all the way from Ghana. Have people that come from all walks and geographical areas, but you know what this meal does? It makes us all one body. You see the power in this meal? There's a lot of history, a lot of significance to it, if you will, if you want to read something interesting. But this has to become more than just history. It has to become more than just some artifact, some religious practice that denominations all over the world are practicing on this very day. It has to become about a relationship with God. When I heard that illustration, it really, really touched me. I don't know. I, I want to say it caught me off guard. But, but it really moved me because I pictured myself that little dead lamb. I pictured myself as that little orphan lamb. Had it not been for the bringing together because of that blood, I would have been just another casualty. And so I say it would be for all of us today. Can you say amen? amen? Every single one of us had it not been for the blood. Ushers, I want you to come. I want us to get ready for communion this morning. And I want you to think about salvation. And I want you to recognize today that Jesus, God's spotless lamb, our savior, still has the power to deliver us, to protect us, to keep us, to restore us, and to get us all the way to heaven. Can we have somebody come on the piano, please? Would you stand to your feet, Rock of Ages? As we celebrate this communion table this morning, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We'll re we're reminded of self-examination during this special occasion. But what I want you to think of this morning as you take of this meal, I want you to think about the price of salvation. Without going through any, go ahead guys, if you would, yes. Without going through 
a three-part or three-point sermon. Let's just think about salvation this morning. You know, some people sometimes refrain from taking communion because of some sin or mistake they've made. But I want to remind you this morning that it's because of that sin that proves how much more we need Christ. Amen? Some of us run from communion because, well, I haven't been living right. I'm telling you what, if it was about living right, none of us should take communion. Can you say amen? If it was about being perfect in this place, I'll tell you what, they better take this tray from me right now. But it makes us to recognize this morning how much we need God. How much instead of running from God, how much we should run to God. We need the sprinkling of that blood over us every day. To continue that relationship we have with the Father. To continue being able to nurse and to build ourselves up in Him until we see Him face to face. It's a time of thoughtful examination. It helps us in our needs and weaknesses. It, it helps us to see our weaknesses more clear. How many of us can say we need more of Jesus? How many can say I need Jesus more in my life? I know that I can. I need more of Jesus. Until we recognize that then us like John the Baptist can say it's important for me to diminish and for him to increase. This is what communion does. When we take of this drink and we take of this meal, it should remind us of how much we need more of him and how less we need to become of ourselves. More than just history. This meal today is very present in power and purpose. His blood can still help us to escape the enemy of our souls. It can still find protection for our homes, our family. Keep us protected against the wiles of the devil. Keeps away by becoming enslaved by everything this world is pushing toward us right now. Saved. Before we take of this meal, I want to simply make this invitation. And you'll pray with me right where you're at if you're willing. In order for this meal to mean anything to us today, Jesus must mean everything to us today. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org. 